I was in a rural area, mostly in Yunnan and Sichuan provinces. I was speaking almost exclusively Mandarin and the way that people treated me, it was such a beautiful experience. Welcome to the More Than Words podcast, brought to you by Rosetta Stone UK, preparing you for real-world conversations in new languages. I'm Alex Southwaite, and in this podcast series, we immerse ourselves in culture by hearing different stories that will inspire, fascinate, and educate. In our fourth episode, we chat with two very well-known travel influencers who have made their careers through traveling, all documented on social media. We look into what made them take this leap of faith the challenges they faced and how language has allowed them to immerse themselves beyond that title of a tourist. So let's meet our next two influencers, Kristen Addis, founder of the hugely popular Be My Travel Muse blog, and Tom Grond, founder of the insightful Travel TomTom blog. Welcome guys. How are you? Hello, nice excited to, meet to be you. here. So this is a question that I get asked all the time and everybody always wants to know, but how did you get into these amazing careers? Should we start with you, Kristen? Sure. So I actually come from the mergers and acquisitions industry. I did that for four years before getting into the travel blog sphere. So a little bit of a different industry there, but I was just burnt out. I wanted to do something different. And when I started, which was about eight years ago, travel blogging was not anything like it is today. Influencers didn't exist. And so it's been a really cool, interesting journey along those eight years to build it to a point where now it's more of a, a community even of, of women who solo travel the world. So that's kind of where I came from, but now it's all about um, just sharing everything I can about how to solo travel safely around the world as a woman. It's interesting you say about a community. I definitely think that a lot of people have gone beyond just being a blogger or just being an influencer and they are building this community of people all over the world. And how about you, Tom? What was your journey? Uh, yeah, for me, it started all back in 2008. Uh, I just wanted to travel the world. So I lived in the Caribbean for a little while and I figured out I wanted to, I wanted to meet people. Uh, meeting people for me was, uh, was so eye-opening and it broadened my horizon. So... I took a leap of faith and went um, went to Mexico and traveled all the way south to southern Patagonia, like a trip around the world for one year. And then I came back in 2009 and I was like, I want to do this again. But then I want to I want to leave without a plan for a couple of years and just saved up all the money. And then in 2012, I left again and. I started to post things on Instagram because it was easier to show everyone at the same time what I was doing. And then I would say like a two, two and a half years later in around 2015, um, I suddenly began to pick up followers and people saw the marketing value, like a big hotel invited me to come to their hotel. And I was like, oh yeah, I'll come take pictures. Because I used to sneak into nice hotels to take photos. <laughs> I've done that too. <laughs> so you guys are pretty much top of your game. You're very well known online. But when you started out, before you had this big following, was there anybody or any people that were big inspirations to you? For me, it was finding Nomadic Matt, written by Matt Kepnes, just because I didn't know, I really didn't know before finding that, that you could travel long term without a trust fund. It's just 
Americans don't tend to travel all that far, probably because we have so little time off. <laughs> so to know that so many people from other cultures, this is almost like a, a rite of passage into adulthood that you take a year off and travel was really surprising to me. <laughs> so to learn that that was possible, that it could be affordable and that even I could do it, that was like big revelation. Yeah, to me, it was uh, there was a, a TV show on uh, Dutch uh, TV. It's a, it's just a travel channel. Uh, it's a very popular one, and it was a lady. She was the host, and she literally, uh, I think, yeah, she's been now to every country in the world. Wow. Uh, she was always a, a really big inspiration for me. She went to like crazy places around the world, and I was like, wow, I, I would, I really would love uh, to get there. Um, yeah, to trace her steps, it's, uh, it's amazing. I've had the opportunity to do that. Um, I suppose <laughs> you're in Central America at the moment as well, Tom, but um, yeah. I've been watching The Long Way Up with Charlie Bowman and Ewan McGregor. And the route that they're doing at the moment, I've been able to do myself. And growing up, their shows were some of my favorite travel shows. I just, they were, they were so inspirational to me. It also changed along the way. Like in the beginning, it was that. and. And then bloggers, uh, like, uh, because obviously uh, Instagrammers uh, were an, an inspiration and then it turned more into blogging. And I, I would also say like Kristen was also like uh, someone I looked up to. <laughs> In terms of like business and blogging, I, I really admire your work. It's really cool. Like, wow, I'm honored. Yeah, like, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not in the blogging business as, as many years. And I like, you are one of the, the first bloggers uh, around the world that actually also build a really big community about your brand and um i'm only started blogging like three years ago ish around yeah three years ago so when i started blogging i, I went to some events and i i got into touch with people and they they helped me a lot and i really appreciate it. and i from the the whole community is what you mentioned in the beginning it's uh, it's incredible i do think it's quite a supportive community actually like i haven't come across many people that are competitive like you said tom when you go to an event there's usually people who they've got more experience than you and they're willing to help yeah. you give you tips and how to build your brand yeah for me uh this has been a, a massive help along my, along the way like and i also love it to do the other way around i actually like to help people because in the end yeah bloggers are kind of competitors um but on the other hand like i don't feel like that because i i built like something around my brand, about, around my name. So, um, and I think most bloggers, uh, that should be their, like, their goal, to build something around your brand name. So obviously you guys have traveled to a lot of different countries, coming across lots of different languages, but how has, how has language come into your life? And did you guys speak languages before you started traveling? Did you learn on the way? For me, I've picked up a little bit of a lot of languages. <laughs> so I think it's always important to learn, of course, hello and thank you, it goes such a long way. But my biggest memory of how language opened so many doors was speaking Mandarin in China. So I did study it in for my undergraduate degree. And then I lived in Taiwan for eight months directly after that, just in a language immersion program. And so that got me to the point where people would at least be pretty impressed <laughs> when I could speak with them. I'm not totally fluent, but I've always been at the point where I could at least communicate with relative ease. So in China, where I was in a rural area, mostly in Yunnan and Sichuan provinces, I was speaking almost exclusively Mandarin. And the way that people treated me 
the, the things that they would show me, the amount of meals I got invited to. I mean, the hospitality was amazing. It was such a beautiful experience. Do you think that you would have had any of those opportunities if it wasn't for language? Were they more accepting because you were able to speak with them? Frankly, I don't think I would have had those experiences. And it's not because um, of being more accepting or not. It's just that we wouldn't have been able to communicate at all because most of these people didn't speak English. So being able to talk to them about all of these interesting things about where we were going or um, I actually was running low on cash at the time. So I hitchhiked through those two provinces. <laughs> so my experience would have been totally different. I don't think I could have done that without being able to communicate. How about you, Tom? What was your language journey? Yeah, I think it's a very, very um, um, uh, unique one as well. Um, I'm from Holland. We speak a lot of languages in, in general, um, but then I am from a very, like a southern region in Holland where we speak our own language. So at home, in my villages, with my friends, I speak a language Dutch people don't understand. It's a mix of our own words, Dutch, German, and a little bit of French. So I grew up trilingual. So I speak fluent Dutch and German as well. Um, and so English is my fourth. And um, so, yeah. When I started traveling in 2008 on my first world trip, I had two things I wanted to do uh, in the first couple of days, uh, weeks. And then afterwards I would see. So I went to Belize to dive the blue hole. And I went to Guatemala where I am right now, 12 years later to study Spanish. So I came here to study Spanish in, um, in Guatemala and I sat there, I didn't speak any, any Spanish, but I uh, picked it up pretty fast and um, yeah, for me, that was, I think, uh, for traveling in South America, I actually start loving South America more and more the more I spoke uh, Spanish. So afterwards, I traveled also for one and a half years around in, in Latin America. And I always say uh, Latin America and Asia are obviously my, my, my favorite continents. But in Latin America, I am able to speak with the grandpa on the side of the streets about the days of, you know, the days of war, the days of the drug cartels in Colombia, like all those amazing stories. And in Asia, I'm only about allowed, or like I, I can only say oh, I'm fully Mlao in Thailand and Thai language or things like that. Like I cannot really communicate. I can just smile with That's the people funny. and like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> But like here in South America and like in Central America, I, I yeah, I, I can have conversations with locals and, and like the connection with locals is uh, to me, it's uh, yeah, it's something that really adds up value to my to my travels. I do know what you mean. The first time I ever visited Colombia, I didn't speak any Spanish at all. And I, I mean, I had a great time. But then I went back maybe a year and a half later and I'd been practicing Spanish for a while. And the experience that I had then was just completely different. Like you said, Kristen, suddenly I was being invited to events that I would never have been invited to. I was able to speak to people I probably wouldn't have even tried to speak to. And it was just a completely different experience for me the second time around. Yeah, and I also got told about places I wouldn't have known. So I showed up at a hostel and I was speaking Mandarin to the woman who worked there. And she immediately, immediately was like, let me show you all my favorite places in the region. And then I ended up going and it, they were very remote, but really amazing. So the benefits can just compound. So they were probably places you wouldn't even have thought of going or wouldn't have known about if it wasn't for... I'd never heard of them. <laughs>
I couldn't find any English information online about them. So it was really uncharted territory and it was amazing. You've created content about now. So people that can't speak the language can, can go and try. I have, and I've had some people report back that they went and it worked out, but I think all of them had at least a little bit to, to help with. So I think China can be a place where learning some of the language if you're going to be rural is just very smart to do. Yeah, I can completely relate to that. I'm so impressed you learn Chinese. I know, I, I know how hard it is to learn another language, but Chinese is the next level, of course. Well, I went to China in 2012, I think, uh, before the internet era, I had no smartphone. And like, I always tell people the, the, the story that I went to get a train ticket to go to Qiang from Beijing to Qiang. And it's like, it's, it's a long train ride. But to get that train ticket, it literally took me two and a half hours. Because on the main square of the Western station, I think it was going west, I had to find someone that spoke English. So don't laugh, but I walked into the subway, I, like the, the sandwich <laughs> thing. I walked into the McDonald's and I was like, Oh, actually, people that work in McDonald's, they probably don't speak. But I thought I just associated with like Western things. And I thought maybe they speak. But like it took us like around one and a half, two hours to find someone that spoke a couple words. And then we went to the to get the ticket. But it didn't really work because there was no it was just hilarious. I mean, you ask young people that travel now, like two and a half hours, like. They, people don't have the patience for that anymore. But back then, there was no other option. You just had to, that was the way you traveled. Yeah, with Google Translate now, I mean, it does yeah. make it a lot easier. And in fact, I remember I was in Peru a couple of years ago with, um, with my boyfriend who'd had a terrible allergic reaction. And at this point, I couldn't really speak any Spanish. And I turned on the data on my phone and thought, okay, it's worth the kind of 20 pounds a megabyte or whatever it's going to be. And I looked up how to say allergic reaction in Spanish, which is just like reaction allergico. And I was like, I could have guessed that. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys are obviously very well versed in a range of languages, but for people listening at home, what are some of your top tips for people that want to start learning languages? I think for me, the way I um, learned Spanish was a really cool way because I lived with a Guatemalan family. So I was, I did an extensive course um, of a couple hours a day, like I think four or five hours a day, six days a week, but I lived with a family. So afterwards I would go play football with a little kid. Um, I would go uh, cook with the family. They would like uh, take me on a, a, a day trip, like afterwards, like things like that, because I had no option. I literally went to the country where they speak. And um, I think that's the fastest to learn. You just, you just have to. And, and also, like, if you do that, don't feel ashamed. You have to, to, to make mistakes to learn. And I think with, with everything in life. Well, when I was like traveling in Mexico with uh, a couple of weeks ago with, uh, with three guys that speak fluent Spanish, I obviously wasn't speaking much because um, the guys did the word in Spanish and it was just easier. But that I, I felt like, oh, I, I actually didn't learn anything that, that week because you have to do it yourself. I think that's my number one um, thing. You have to do it. You have to make mistakes and, and, and don't be afraid. That's so true. I think I used to be quite scared of making mistakes. So I'd almost not want to speak a foreign language at all. I'd rather just stay quiet. And it took me quite a long time to 
build my confidence and be prepared to make mistakes. And you'd be surprised how often people are forgiving, aren't they? Like they want to understand, they want to try and communicate with you, even if you're not, uh, not exactly communicating correctly. I think they really love it. Like, yeah. They actually love it even more. You do make mistakes. They're like, you know, they feel a bit superior because it's their native language, you know? So they feel a bit more confident if you speak broken Spanish. So yeah. it brings out the best confidence in them. And like, I don't, I don't care. I still make a lot of mistakes when I speak Spanish. It's just like, yeah, whatever. I go with the flow. I just do whatever I think is good. <laughs> well, it's like whenever I try and speak Hindi, my Hindi is really terrible. But if I try and I think I sound like an idiot and people are saying, oh, it's so cute when you speak Hindi. So <laughs> yeah, they're, encu they're encouraging, even if they are laughing at me. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Kristen? What are some of your top tips? I, I'm in full agreement with Tom on the immersion piece. I think that that is where you really piece together any like app or classroom learning. I remember I would learn something in class when I was doing the immersion program in Taiwan. And then I would go out and just be living daily life. And then I would hear exactly what I had just learned. And so it was really nice to be able to get that soundtrack kind of going in my mind. And then the other thing that I totally agree with is that you have to do it yourself. So when I went to China, it was exhausting for the first two weeks because it had been six years since I had studied. So I was throwing myself back in and going on, like trying to dust, dust it off the shelves back there in my brain somewhere and having to rely on no one but myself forced me, even when it was exhausting to, to speak, to learn. And I progressed so quickly doing that. So I went weeks without really speaking English. And I think that that was getting me to the cusp of fluency. So just one more question to finish off. Do you guys have one golden piece of advice for people who want to take the leap of faith into a career like you guys are? You just need to make it your only option, basically. For me, I just quit my job and went 100% into this. And I just didn't give myself another option. And I still don't. So for me, I'll always want to be an entrepreneur who works for herself and who is location independent. So knowing that I need to keep innovating, diversifying and trying things so that that's always viable for me. And I think really staying power is the key. So if you keep learning, keep innovating and you don't give up, those are the key things, but you have to actually do it first. And a lot of people get stuck there. Like I want to do it, but I'm scared. So that's actually the hardest step, I think. Yeah, I think the first step definitely is, uh, is a big uh, thing for many people, like for most people, of course. But I, for me, it was all born out of a passion. Like my passion is, which is still is traveling. And then the entrepreneurship, the, the whole thing around it was actually like came to me. And I think if you do something from your passion, either it's anything that you could do online, like uh, you could be, um, I don't, you can develop apps online, you, location independent. You can, anything that is a passion for you, as long as you do it with like a lot of joy, then it doesn't feel like working because some people, they become a blogger because they think they're going to earn a lot of money and like, you know, they want to, they do it for the business. And uh, like, that's, I think that's the wrong approach in my opinion, because if you do it for the business, like it's hard, you know, in the beginning days are not that easy. Like I, I think every online entrepreneur kind of knows that in the beginning you don't really make money you have to invest and and you have to invest a lot of time before actually there is an outcome 
So I guess all that's left for me to say is a really big thank you to you both, Tom and Kristen. It's been absolutely fascinating. I love hearing all of your travel stories and I will definitely continue following you both on Instagram. Thank you. It's been a pleasure being uh, on the show and um, yeah, I love I loved talking about travel. Yeah, same. It's been a delight and nice to see you again, Tom. So thanks very much to all our listeners and make sure to join us on the More Than Words podcast next week where we'll be chatting with Justin Maguire, the CEO of DMCG Global, an international recruitment firm. And of course, the wonderful Susie Dent, who's back to chat about language fluidity and how it's helped her career.